welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast, getting inside the sports industry and recording it on audio. Hi everyone and welcome once again to the Sports Pro Podcast. My name is Owen Connolly. I'm the editor-at-large at Sports Pro. Hope you're well. Uh, slight change in format this week, just me in this section uh, and we're going to be diving very shortly into an interview with Neil Bambury, who is the UK General Manager at 32 Red. We're continuing our sector-by-sector look at the COVID-19 crisis and the sports industry's response to it. And this week, we are looking at betting. I spoke to Neil from his home office in Gibraltar, uh, and we covered a range of topics, including the financial pressures on the betting industry just now, uh, the challenges for sports betting when there is no live sport or when there's very, very little of it, and how it moves to new markets that suddenly become more popular in these um, or have suddenly become more popular in these very unusual times. The prospects for virtual sports and for esports, the shift for a lot of users to casino style gaming and, and products like that. And amidst all of this, the increased risk of problem gambling um, with people obviously confined to their homes, a lot of the typical social structures around them having uh, been removed, the uh, the problems of compulsion and everything else that that, that might bring out and that might be exacerbated by people's anxiety um, and other, uh, other other pressures like that. And what the betting industry needs to be conscious of in that case uh, and what kind of responses it can put in place um, to try and minimise that risk and to support those who are having difficulties at this time. That's all to come. Before that, something to make you aware of from our end. SportsPro is launching a new fortnightly virtual conference series to cover some of the most important topics facing the business of sport right now. The SportsPro Insider Series is going to kick off next Wednesday. That's the 22nd of April uh, with a virtual event looking at esports and gaming. There's going to be one the following week. So this one isn't fortnightly, but it will be after this. Um, There's going to be one on the 29th and 30th of April. Uh, taking in the OTT and broadcast sector. And from there, it will be a fortnightly series covering subjects like sustainability, digital strategy, sponsorship, women in sport, and plenty more. We've got already some just brilliant speakers lined up, Um, 100 to come, uh, 100 speakers, that is, across the first 12 events. Um, And we're hoping that it's not just going to be a great way of connecting the sports industry right now, when everybody is uh, is a little remote from one another, but also it's going to uncover some great ideas uh, to take us into uh, better times ahead. So if you want to find out how you can dial in for that one and be a part of the Sports Pro Insider Series, head to sportsproinsiderseries.com, register your interest, and hopefully we will uh, see you there, or at least virtually see you there, Uh, and you'll be able to join the conversation next week and in subsequent weeks. Sports Pro Podcast will obviously be back again next week. Um, We're having tons of new listeners, so hopefully you are enjoying what we're putting out. Keep an ear out for not just some changes to this program, but uh, hopefully some additional podcasts outside of that in the weeks ahead. Um, And do also keep your feedback coming. Make sure you subscribe uh, and help us spread the word. With any luck, we're providing some kind of service to you in this this little hiatus that we're having right now. Um, until then, stay well, stay safe, uh, and I will leave you with Neil Bambury.
Join the conversation with the Sports Pro community. Follow us on Twitter at SportsPro and at SportsPro Events. Find us on Instagram at sportspro.media and connect to SportsPro Media on LinkedIn, where you can also become a part of our specialist OTT community. SportsPro, connecting and inspiring the business world of sport. Neil Bambury, the UK General Manager at 32 Red. Welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast. Hi there, thank you for having me. Where where are you working from, Neil? I think it's it's almost customary to ask at the moment how what people's setups are like in uh, in in this unusual unusual world we're in just now. Yeah, so I'm um, I'm actually based down in Gibraltar uh, and and live uh, here in a flat with my wife and, and two young daughters. So um, working from home as as sort of everyone is uh, for us at the moment, but. Uh, Obviously, with the uh, with the little ones around, it's it's a little more manic than, than normal, perhaps. <laughs> but uh, almost now getting used to the what is, I suppose, the new normal, and, and will be the normal for a, for a little while, uh, perhaps yet. But um, but yeah, it, it, it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So I mean, you know, it, it's been something that we've been getting used to for about a month now. It's it, we're, we're speaking almost exactly a month since the kind of um, accelerated shutdown of. A lot of uh, live organized professional sport here in the UK and across Europe where you know places like Spain had already been taking effect uh, and Italy of course um, and in the US and, and everywhere else beyond and, and really there's there's not very much to speak of at the moment at all I mean what what was 32 Reds initial response to the crisis at what point did it become clear to you that that things were going to have to change quite dramatically and, and very very fast in terms of how you operated I think for us as a business, the um, uh, the, the big initial uh, change and a move was so that uh, everyone essentially moved to working from home. Um, you know, I think as a as a digital business, it's it, it's not necessarily easy to go from having a few hundred people in an office to then everyone working f- from their home. But it, it's perhaps easier for for that type of business to do. Uh, to do that and um, you know it's something that um, a- as a business we encourage uh, people to be as um, you know to, to, uh, to be able to be as mobile as possible essentially and so it was a uh, something I think that took a few days for us to, to put into action uh, and then we were able to work from home on, on, on like the business side of things that you know I think it it's still an ongoing uh, evolution of, of, of learning and adjusting to to the circumstances that that we find ourselves in the group that 32 red is part of um has as another brand unibet which is which is active in the uk uh unibet's much more of a sports focused brand and, and so on unibet we've um obviously seen uh, uh seen the impact there uh more so than on 32 red uh, in terms mm. of sports cancellations what's that impact been at the moment are you able to assess how financially how significant that's been in the in the last month um so we actually will be publishing our first quarter results uh in around 10 days time i think so i can't talk too much about um about the full implications but we released a trading update um around a week ago uh, and for us what we saw was for the uh, period post uh, lockdown and post support uh, stopping in uh, Q1, uh, we were seeing our, our revenues down uh, by around 10% compared to the, the average for the year before. 
Um, mm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's had an initial impact. Sports been down more than that. And, and, and uh, you know, the the drop off of, of the most popular sports and the most popular competitions like the Premier League and um, horse racing and, and, and the big uh, tennis tours, etc., has had a big impact. You know, there's been then subsequent interest in, in sports that wouldn't normally be in the limelight, but have been sort of thrust into the limelight at the moment. But, um, uh, but yeah, so th- th- as much as we've said publicly is that the, we saw a 10% drop for, for that uh, period of a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously pretty significant. What kind of pressure does that put on you as a, as a company? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it, it, it obviously so many businesses in so many sectors are are being impacted in, in different ways at the moment. And, um, you know, no different for us when, when there's a uh, impact to the revenues, obviously, as a, as a business <clears throat> and as a, a listed business, especially with, with shareholder expectations and, and demands, you know, there's, there's a, a requirement to make sure that we're as, uh, you know, we're, we're being as sensible on the cost side of things as possible um, that we're planning for different scenarios in terms of how long this could last for. Um, and also we, we begin to start planning for what the world might look like um, as, as things perhaps get back to normal, whatever that, that normal will, will look like, whether that's the same or not, who, who knows at this stage. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, one of the reasons I ask is obviously in, in the sports sector, specifically but i think more generally around kind of profitable companies or hitherto profitable companies you know there's been a lot of discussion about the extent to which uh people's salaries come into play the extent to which you're leaning on you know government furlough schemes that that might exist in in one country or another i mean is that is that something that you've addressed or that you're that might form part of your plans or at the moment are you trying to kind of keep everything running as it has been yeah, for us, I mean, like I say, as, as a digital business, the move to working from home has been um, easier for us than, than for some others. I think um, obviously there are parts of the um, parts of our sort of revenue mix that are much less active than they have been uh, in in normal times. Uh, but for the moment, we, we haven't gone down that road. Um, mm. You know, for, for us, for the bit of the business that I look after in Gibraltar. Um, it, our sector is, it isn't covered by the government's measures here at the moment, um, so we're just concentrating on on trying to make sure we're we're running as efficiently and as effectively as as we can uh, while we're in the midst of this. One of the challenges that I guess you know this isn't again this isn't specific to to the betting sector, but it it's going to be a part of the of, of what you're dealing with at the moment. You know, obviously, there's a lot going on in the world right now, and there's a there's a lot of um, anxiety and uh, and and fear and everything else, and and they're quite tough times for people. Um, I feel like in sports and entertainment, one of the questions that everybody has to face is why do I need to hear from you right now? And kind of you know, <laughs> with with the greatest respect, do you do you find that there there is a a different kind of messaging problem that you have, or a different kind of messaging challenge that you have? around sensitivity around you know why why do we need to hear from betting companies right now why does this need to still be an active part of our economy right now yeah i think so and i i think you know it's there's obviously a um what well, i see it that there's a requirement being placed on, on the industry to be more um sensitive and be more sensible 
uh, at the current time. But I also I also feel that's probably part of a of a longer term story or narrative of, of the industry trying to move in that direction and and still needing to move further in that direction. You know, re- regardless of the current situation, I think when we uh, if we think about uh, the past and 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 you know re- rewind a few years. Uh, and, and, and probably still the case to some extent now. Get gambling and, and, and advertising and the tone of voice around it has, has been very shouty, very laddish. Um, and I think we've seen a slow uh, and, and gradual move to evolve from that. Um, and I think at the moment there's a there is a responsibility on us um, to make sure that we are acting appropriately um i think the the sort of the the flip to that then is that you know get gambling and, and and people's um willingness or right to 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 place a bet um have a flutter etc is is you know a, a very uh highly um popular pastime in the uk you know millions and millions of people engage in gambling um, every year, uh, and so you know, I think it's it's sort of um, place in in the entertainment mix is is um, is justified, and it's a popular popular piece. And I think at the moment, obviously, we as an industry, and and for us as an operator within that, we need to be um, just mindful, uh, and we need to be aware of whether people being at home. Um, places or changes any of the dynamics around that Uh, and and we need to make sure that you know to the extent that we perceive risk or or, or, you know we uh, we find risk in in customer behavior when when we monitor it um, that our interventions are as strong if not stronger uh, than ever before so you know I think that at the moment people have got huge restrictions placed upon them um you know the freedoms are being restricted uh, left right and center and everyone is, is sort of hopefully for the most part everyone is 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 really embracing that uh, and, and uh, you know effectively everyone's doing their bit to, to help move through this situation but you know i think in 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 that context people are um you know people who are at home they they want to be able to to do what is still there and and, and uh, sort of enjoy things i think that the mm virtual grand national <clears throat> a couple of weeks ago was you know such a good example of of um people obviously w- would normally have wanted to be watching on watching and betting on the real grand national but um that wasn't possible and there was such a big draw in terms of tv audience uh and, and then obviously it was a lot of money raised 2.6 million raised for nhs charities off the back of it which just sort of showed the um you know the the what what can be done with, with the interest um i want to get onto virtual sports and, and some of the kind of alternative markets that that are being opened up uh in a bit but i do feel like it's it's kind of important and you alluded to it there to to discuss the the issue of problem gambling in this current moment because obviously a lot of the kind of um social safeguards either formal ones or informal ones are, are going to have are going to have been removed or, or going to be you know under under serious challenge at the moment um when you think of the fact for example that people are no longer betting on games that other people are going to be watching in large numbers 
Um, they're not as often going to be betting with friends. Um, they're going to be turning to to kind of uh, you know more machine tools, things like casino style gaming rather than than gambling on on sporting events that have all the the rest of the kind of you know um, all the, the the rest of the structures around them and everything else in in terms of how they're consumed and how they're watched and they're only being X number of Premier League games a week, that kind of thing. What's what's the first thing that, that you've had to be conscious of in, in changing whatever monitoring setups you've got for, for this point in time? Yeah, so I think for sort of, I guess, think big picture for, for a moment, the um, the the most important things for us as a, as a gambling business um, is that the uh, you know when we're interacting with the customer and the customer's depositing money, uh, betting with that money and, and, and withdrawing money, um, you know we need to be we need to make sure that we're satisfied with uh, where the money's coming from. Uh, we need to be satisfied then that the sort of the play behaviour is appropriate either for the level of um, money that's been deposited uh, or, or for that customer in the context of of what they've been doing before so you know there's a pretty complicated algorithms that that sit behind um the the way that we monitor customers and and they'll be tracking all types of um behavioral indicators or financial indicators and essentially the, the 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 priority for us uh right now is to make sure that those um those systems and those tools are obviously fully functional which they are um, and uh, where they're picking up uh, indicators of harm or indicators of, of escalation, uh, that our ability to intervene in, in those situations isn't compromised by um, the work environment that, that we're working in. Uh, and also that you know, we make sure that uh, what we consider to be the indicator or the most important indicators are as relevant now as they have been in the past. Um, and I think broadly speaking that, that that would be the case. So, you know, the things like uh, people depositing more and more money it, it is something I think that well, we're, we're very mindful of that as a business. And, and that for us is an important indicator. But I think at the moment uh, that's that's uh, very true. The amount of time spent, um, the type of activity, the, the sort of the level of risk being taken. Uh, etc. All of these things, I think, are um, part of the the normal process for monitoring um, that have become obviously particularly important for us um, right now. Because we fully appreciate that everyone is operating under different uh, circumstances and environments, and and obviously it's very new. People are reacting in different ways. Um, and for us, you know, we have to make sure that our ability to, to monitor and intervene uh, is as high um, and ideally is, is sort of stepping up uh, where we can. Uh, but also, you know, recognize that there's that there's a lot more sort of broader support or access to support that, you know, you've referenced there. People don't necessarily have in the same way that they've, they've, they've always you know, been used to, whether that's chatting through with their friends or or people they work with, etc. So, um, yeah, it's obviously a um, it, it, it's it's a new situation, and and I think you know we have to make sure that we as a business are continuing to sense check what we do and and evolve what we do because it's it's obviously critically important that 
um, people are uh, are protected, um, and, and and you know where there's any danger that that there could be a problem developing, that that we do what what we can uh, to to help stop that happening. Yeah, I mean, is there any kind of internal tension there? And I don't mean in, you know in terms of your intent, but when you've got a need to move people across to other games or, or you've got an impetus to move people across to other games to cover for, for some of the activity that obviously isn't taking place, but at the same time being aware that that could trigger different patterns in people. Um, you know, you have to, you have to cover lost revenue, but equally you've got to be conscious of people's safety. Like how do you, how do you approach that balance internally? Yeah, I think it's 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 a really good question because it, you know, I think before in gambling, um, that there's there's been a tension between the more commercial teams and, and the more compliance focused teams, and um, you know, commercial teams, um, the same as in any organisation, uh, incentivised based on 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 the revenues, and and um, compliance teams obviously uh, working to make sure that the uh the risk is minimized to to the extent it can uh and and naturally i think in in gambling that that creates a uh, a conflict and i think in the past that's it's you know it's almost been a bit of a a battle between those two areas but what we're um finding now during this crisis but but i guess also more uh generally as we evolve as a business is that you know for us the 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 opportunity um to continue to to operate and the opportunity for us to to grow um, as a business is is all rooted in sustainable activity by customers. You know, the for a customer getting into problems um, with in relation to their gambling, that has huge consequences for for that person. It has you know consequences for their uh, you know their their sort of immediate circle and a uh, wider circle as well. Um, but, but also on our side, there is no benefit to us of, of making that money as a as a listed business. With you know, you've got for us, some of our biggest shareholders are um, our pension funds, and those pension funds will have a uh, you know a, a sort of a set of criteria that they want companies to satisfy if, if they're investing in them. And, and there's a huge amount of emphasis uh, put on. Um, corporate and social responsibility and, and for us responsible gambling is sort of a core part of that CSR piece and, and you know if, if we're not taking steps to make sure that our revenue is as sustainable as possible and, and you know we've got a, a um, uh, an ambition that 100% of the revenue should be coming from sustainable sources uh, and that's a that's a journey that we're making huge strides on but it, it continues to be a journey you know, we wouldn't be able to attract that that sort of investment, and 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 obviously that has then financial implications if 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 you can't attract that as a as a business. So it has been a tension, but I think we're now much more in a position where sustainable business is good business. Uh, we want to make sure that you know we we can protect as much as possible uh, our customers, so that uh, you know it obviously everyone has a different. Um, risk tolerance and, and, and people have different uh, reactions to that as well. Uh, and, and we need to be able to you know, make sure that we can treat everyone as an individual. Mm. I think at the moment, what, what it makes us uh, conscious of is, you know, the, um, 
but again, I suppose this this isn't necessarily just specific to now. I think this is something that that is is more part of the longer term evolution of the industry. Like the um, the need to keep or the desire to keep pushing something at a customer um, is is much lower. You know, I don't think that there's you know let's say for example if if you have a a customer that normally bets on uh racing and 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 the consideration at the moment is you know what 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 would be, make more sense for us would it be to point them towards the the racing that's actually happening um still around the world would it make sense to point them towards virtuals would it make sense to point them to a, to a different sport that's happening etc um and obviously all of those are, are different um opportunities and, and to be honest every racing customer is probably going to be be different right i mean some of them will just say uh well if there's no uk racing going on then you know i'm just not interested and, and i'm not going to be engaging um others would want to bet on the racing that is happening others might be interested in the virtuals etc um but that's where we just have to make sure then that as we monitor those customers and and what they go on to do if there's anything that changes in terms of their behavior um that that they're alerted to that and, and that we can speak to them about it. But it's a, um, it is a big consideration for us because I don't think that, um, you know, that there's nothing for us to gain as a business by just looking at well, what, what's there today that we can, um, we can push everyone towards because, you know, the, the, the reality is that we will be getting back to, to a, a more normal uh way of operating uh, as a sort of sports industry and as an entertainment industry and i think you know we, we want to make sure that we're not damaging any relationships with with customers during this time um because you know we want to have a long long-term and sustainable relationship with them and i wouldn't want us to be turning customers off mm. because they they feel that we're pushing them down a, a or trying to force them down a road that um they've got no interest in Get the very best of SportsPro sent straight to your inbox. Head to sportspromedia.com and sign up for the SportsPro Daily. You'll get a roundup of all the biggest stories, features and opinion from our team every single morning. You can also get the latest from the world of digital broadcasting by registering for the SportsPro OTT newsletter. And to get an early look at the future of sport, subscribe to Smart Series, our regular look at where technology and innovation are changing the game. You'll find that all and much more at sportspromedia.com. Sports Pro, connecting and inspiring the business world of sport. Let's look at um, some of the some of the things that you are offering markets on or able to offer markets on at the moment. I mean, you mentioned that there is some racing going on uh, in in some parts of the world. You also have a tiny bit of, of football. The Belarus Premier League um, has been gaining some notoriety. Uh, for, for carrying on amidst everything that's that's going on, um, you know, Chinese professional baseball league returned in in some territories. I mean, these are places that you would not have seen very much activity on. I'm sure. Um, what does it take to to set up a new market or to scale up a market uh, when when there's going to be interest in it for for a reason like the one we're seeing at the moment? For our racing traders, they're they're trading um, global racing uh in in normal times as well so effectively it's it's just a shift of um focus for, for them as a team to make sure that we're um as covered and, and perhaps uh upping the the product offer on um international racing that perhaps would be running at more um 
uh, lower levels while, while when you've got UK racing and, and, and sort of the, the bells and whistles that, that come along with that. Um, and then in other areas, you know, I think it, it's just a case of, you know, w- when we work with our, our suppliers, we're just making sure that we're getting um, the service that we'd normally expect on, on the big leagues and, and the big sports um, put on what is available. But also, you know, for us as a for us, especially around sports betting, it's all around uh, risk and risk management as a business. And you know, clearly, the um, uh, our appetite for for risk differs and has to differ depending on the um, the sport, the competition, uh, and the interest in it. And I think while there's lots of recreational uh, business, and and you know, people want to say bet on the Belarusian Premier League because it, it's the uh, it's pretty much the main football league that's available at the moment. Um, then that means that it's easier for us to to take um, the business and take the risk there because you know normally when it's the Premier League and uh, all of the major European leagues that people want to bet on, then you know the turnover that we'd see on the Belarusian league would be much much lower, uh, and, and therefore our, our our willingness and ability to uh, to take um, bigger business and, and bigger risks on that is is much much reduced. So there's a little bit of um, you know operational uh, work for us to do to make sure that that we are we are covered and and that we've got the product offer that customers would would expect or you know hope for. Um, but it's 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 probably not as as big a shift as as um, you might imagine, I suppose. Are there any kind of integrity issues that that come into play when there are markets that you, you're not as familiar with and you wouldn't necessarily know what a what an unusual pattern would look like in that market or is that something that um you know is is that kind of safeguarding pretty pretty standard yeah i i think there's you know there's huge development been made on uh on integrity across um across global sport really but you know if, 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 even if we're thinking just within europe i think that um the patterns and the and the indicators of of, of anything awry um, are the same now, um, and uh, you know, as and when, or if and when it, there is any issue or perceived issue, then then those are sort of um, reported immediately. But um, it, I don't think it changes too much from from that perspective, to be honest. Is there anything else that you have your your eye on in that in that respect? I mean, there's, you know, esports is. Um obviously a, a major well I don't want to say growth sector because it's a very short-term thing it's a major growth sector anyway but it's uh it, it, it's obviously gaining a lot of profile at the moment in that it is carrying on and it's carrying on safely and and you know some quite high profile people are being brought into it is that an area that that you have uh an interest in expanding into obviously there's you know from the the rights holder side in that case there's an, a need to uh to be a little bit surer about integrity measures and everything else but is that something that you could see yourself in expanding into yeah absolutely i mean i think for for us we've we've seen uh interest in esports developing for for a number of years now um and what was uh probably when it first came uh, to our attention you know it it still felt very niche it still felt quite a long way away from um, what we do as a, uh, or what we were doing as a business, but over recent years, it, it, it esports has become, you know, the fastest growing uh, sport for us, um, and, and you know, one of 
interest on a level of, of um, you know, sports that people might consider to be more normal. Um, and, I, you know, you only have to watch the or see the uh, whether it's the viewing figures or, or, you know, when there were live events for, for esports, the, the passion and the interest for the fans of, of it, that um, it, it's a very natural place for us to be making sure that, you know, we're, we're um, able to adapt our business to um, to offer betting on esports as well. I think at the moment, obviously, it's it's having more uh, mainstream attention and, and, and perhaps more time in, in the sun, which perhaps will uh, even just accelerate its um, the engagement with it after, after think even the, the big sports come back. Um, but this, I think for us, the story of esports has, has been a been a developing one for a few years now, and um, and obviously at the moment it's it's much more resilient. Uh, and there's much more um, flexibility around it as a as a sort of sport um, that means that it can scale up its offering to its fans. Um, and obviously, we're, we're to the extent we can, we try to uh, keep pace with that. And what's the what's the the project going to be for continuing that shift? Is there, is there going to be a marketing element to that? How you know, obviously, you're going to be I would assume working with the publishers, the promoters, the event organisers, etc., um, to prepare them for the the pressures that that being a um, an active betting market brings. But you know, is there a marketing element to it? Is there an education element to it for your customers? Yeah, so I think you know, in um, in some of the markets that that we're active in, uh, we've we've done some marketing deals around esports, um, and in you know, it, I think it it very much depends on on. Um, on the country in terms of how prevalent it is in, in terms of marketing. And there's, you know, certainly um, we have customers whose um, main preference would be betting on esports. So they will receive from us uh, communications that are more tailored around that uh, compared to the, you know, perhaps the, the majority of communications that are around football or horse racing um, on the sports side. But I, I, I definitely see it as, as something that will play an increasing role for us as a as a business and you know for us in the uk um you know we're w- not one of the major uh players we, we we haven't been spending the money on on tv that the sort of the big operators have so you know we've had to be um a little more tactical and, and strategic i suppose in, in 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 our approach to to pushing the the brand messages but um but yeah, absolutely. I think it, it, it's there's a a, um, a shift that that will happen um, over time in, in terms of the focus there, because increasingly, uh, I think what what we'll find is that it's it's um, less that you've got fans of sports and then fans of esports, and and you know the, the, I think we're going to see much more um, crossover in, in in those audiences. Um, so to be relevant as a brand, then obviously we need to make sure we're, we're reflecting that as well. I mean, alongside that, in the last few weeks, we've seen the emergence of uh, virtual sports. Obviously, the, we, you discussed the the virtual Grand National, um, and we've seen Sport Radar and IMG Arena come out with with products to to support. Uh, to support those activities where does that fit for you as a product is it closer to an actual sporting event or is it closer to a, a kind of casino product that's it's a good question because i think you know essentially what sits behind it is um 
uh, is, is mass and it's obviously not uh, based um, to the same extent uh, on real events happening, which obviously is the, the case with um, with sports betting. So it's it, it for us we obviously um, we we treat it as a uh, as a sport from a customer perspective. Um, it, it's something that we think is more interesting to our uh, sports customers than than our casino customers. Um, but then, obviously, from a uh, from sort of a compliance perspective and, and a monitoring perspective, um, it it almost has sort of a, I guess more of like a let's call it like a special status that's it's not sports and, and it's not casino. Um, it, it's probably somewhere sat in the middle. Um, so you know, obviously, we need to. Um, make sure that we work around that and, and, and adapt to that. But uh, I think, in terms of a uh, as a customer proposition, it 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 um, is much closer to sort of sport and, and the interest there than than the casino side. What work has gone into making sure that's ready for prime time? Basically, that you have something that is robust enough that you can offer a, a full betting market on it, and it's you know interesting enough and and everything else that it's not just a, a slot machine, you know, it's something with a little bit more nuance and, uh, and unpredictability than that. Yeah. It, it's, just, it's a lot of work with, um, with the suppliers, uh, to make sure that the, the underlying product that, that we're getting is, um, uh, is sound and, and is interesting. And, and then obviously for, for us at the moment as a, um, as an operator, it's, it's perhaps getting more, um, uh, prominence um, that than it would normally get, um, so we're just making sure you know that that we're um, we're reflecting that on on our site on in our communications and and like I said earlier that you know the fact that it's a uh, a different sport and uh, you know or a different product a different experience that um, that's not stopping us from from making sure that anyone who's who's trying it out for the first time or or um, or just more interested in it than they might normally be um that you know everything from a, a compliance and a protection perspective is, is there to back it all up and what kind of work do you do now with uh with those providers to make sure that you know obviously that things are behaving as they should be in terms of you're not getting suddenly a set of results that are becoming too predictable or the algorithms are beginning beginning to behave in certain ways uh, that they're repeating results or, or whatever. I mean, what what kind of monitoring process is there now to make sure that uh, you are still going to be providing over a period of weeks and months the the product that you set out to provide? I, I think you know it for us is it as, especially when it comes to um, betting and, and trading any sport. It, it's always about um, risk management and, and making sure that um, what we're seeing is is um, you know, in, in line with what uh, what what should be happening, and, and in line with the the prices and the models that that sit behind everything. So, there's a lot of monitoring, obviously, that happens, feedback, and and, and discussion with the supplier. But um, in, in that sense, it's almost like a bit of um, it, it, it's kind of business as usual. That that's the part of the operating a, a sports betting business, really. And you know, I think one one of the uh, one of the more interesting, or well, not more interesting, but one. Uh, anecdote i suppose about that is that you know uh the the prevalence what we should be seeing now is is the prevalence of england uh winning any tournament in the virtual world 
uh, should be more reflective of, of the prices that are being offered rather than, you know, I think normally if it was, uh, you know, we should obviously be enjoying the Euros this summer. Um, it always feels to me as though that the price on England tends to get a little uh, a little skinny as everyone wants to have their their five pound or ten pound on on England to win the tournament, and and obviously it hasn't happened for uh, for so long now. But it, you know, in a virtual world, that the odds should be much more uh, reflective of how often it's happening. So it's it's something that we monitor. It, it's something that we um, we work with the supplier on, but uh, only to, uh, you know only really to the extent that we, that we do with any uh, with any um, supplier for any products or you know sport normally in in the uh, in the real world, let's say, you know, there's obviously models that sit behind it and, and those models have to continually evolve to, to the changing circumstances. So, um, yeah. Just a note on that, on the, obviously no Euros, no Olympics, no Wimbledon uh, this summer. Uh, potentially we have Premier League football back in the late summer, but we, we really don't know. Um, potentially no cricket, you know, but... Do you do you price in now a loss of a the kind of casual audience that you've you've kind of alluded to there with the the people who put the the five pound bet on on England at the start of Euro twenty twenty or um, do you expect that that audience comes back when sport comes back or when when the big events come back how how do you factor that in now to your kind of medium to long term modelling yeah so that it's a great question and and it's something that you know we're working through um you know different scenarios on that because obviously um there's a there's a number of variables one is the timetable that things come back um to um and whether everything comes back at the same time or it's quite staggered then also the um almost like the sort of social dynamics around that sport coming back so i think you know if sport comes back uh, while everyone is um, is either locked down or, or you know, there's heavy restrictions on on, on what we can do um, in in public, etc. Um, I don't think there's a, a there's a, a clear guidance or that there's there's not necessarily a, a definitive theory on on what that will mean um, for us as a business. So we've got things we're working on to to try and work work out what um you know differing levels of interest and, and differing timetables how that all all looks to us and and um i suppose that's part of uh just normal business planning but it's you know it's, it's obviously uh critical that we we try to stay as as open to w- whichever of those possibilities is the um it bears the closest resemblance to what does end up happening um and, and you know that's sort of our i guess our our, our responsibility in, in managing the business more widely just to finish up what's you know what kind of thinking have you put into the relationship that the the gambling industry should have with sport what you know the, how it can be a good partner a good citizen etc etc and, and and add something to the experience without kind of um some of the more negative uh, aspects of it coming to the fore i think it's a really important relationship and, and it's one where um it has to be right, but it also has to be seen to be right as well. Um, and I think at the moment, um, things are changing and things are evolving. So the industry, uh, for example, had, had the whistle to whistle um, ban on TV ads. So no advertising during live sport before 9pm, which I think was a positive uh, move. Um, there's obviously a lot of talk about um 
sponsorship of football and and you know some would say too many clubs are sponsored by um gambling etc my perspective on it is that uh as as a gambling industry we need to we need to continue to evolve what we do on a, on the marketing side of things i think you know there, there's some debate about the quantity of, of gambling advertising i think there also has to be a, a debate about the quality of that advertising the messages that are being promoted etc um but i still see a, a very important role for um gambling and its partnership with with sport um to make sure that the uh the, the positive messages the proactive messages are cutting through you know i think that um people gam- gambling is such a popular pastime in the uk we need to make sure it's being promoted uh, responsibly um but we also need to make sure that you know when people are um seeing gambling brands that they're also seeing uh messages that they begin to associate more and more with the the, the uh sort of healthy behaviors for how you might uh interact with gambling and and i think that the the right of the the industry to to work with sport and and, and rights holders is is has a, a a huge part to play and 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 for us you know we've um we sponsor a number of football clubs um so we've got five sponsorships this season uh this season we've for the first time uh in in certain games put responsible gambling messages on the shirt with the logo uh we've had responsible gambling messages on the led boards uh, around the pitch um which i think is is a is a positive step but that can't be the um can't be the end of the story um but we've then done a lot of work um so for example with with derby county for example uh we've worked with them to scale up um a community program they run for for uh for around male mental health and, and support with that that uh, is benefiting in that community and, and and that's obviously something that we've only been able to get involved with because of the sponsorship but then more than that i think the access to um to the uh you know the talent at, at clubs etc gives us also an ability to to reach more people with, with positive messages so i don't know if, if you or any of the listeners have seen it but uh 32 red we we just finished off a um a campaign around responsible gambling which was called know your limits um and there was a film uh with wayne rooney there was a film with cole frampton the boxer and there was a film with paddy brennan um and then last week we released the um the sort of the montage that uh rounds that series off for us and and you know from my perspective if we have um people like that talking about responsible gambling promoting healthy behaviors around gambling it it reaches much many more people it cuts through more uh and, you know people are, are much more likely to um to engage in it and listen to it than than if it's just a you know a, a brand ad that that we're putting out and it's you know our brand and a voiceover so i think the opportunity to work with the rights holders and and and, and talent um it is a massive one to help the industry move in the right direction. So um, I think it's a, it's a very positive relationship and, and one hopefully that um, we can continue to see evolve and, and, you know, take it in the right direction. Neil, thanks very much for your time and uh, stay well. Thank you very much. You too.